0: What's going on, everybody? Proud to announce the Spotlight Sports Network are partnered with SeatGeek. Save $20 off your first order for live events, concerts, and sporting events, and more. All you have to do is just insert the promo code Spotlight Sports Network to save today. Again, that's Spotlight Sports Network and save $20. I heard they want the news Well we got it just for you It's your team, your player, or your crew I heard they want the news The spotlight is on you And if you win the high seat, it's times too I heard they want the news Come tune in to the crew But we got the hookup just like black and blue I heard they want the news Spotlight, sports, what it do? That that it? subscribe and the like button too they, they want to lose The news. Well, we got it just for you. What's your team, or your player, your crew? I heard they want the news. The spotlight is on you, and if you Live from Las Vegas, the Snake Sports Talk Show with Jake Silva starts right now. All right, folks, it's about that time again as we are live in the 702. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show wherever and however you may be watching and listening here on a Sunday. Yes, we're up early in the morning. We're live on all platforms iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Those are all of the medias that you can like, follow, and subscribe. And hit the bell button for all latest notifications to keep you up to date with future and past shows. Boy, did we have quite the uh, the upset weekend all through college football. It was absolutely entertaining. And... um, We got a lot to talk about as well, because of course the reactions through the Thursday night football game, because everybody is absolutely concerned with what is happening right now, uh, within the dolphins organization. So I'll be getting to that as well. Uh, so much that we literally have to talk about it's, you know, to me, it's kind of crazy. Um, You know, for for me personally, like watching, you know, watching, um, watching the game and just evaluating it, I will definitely have, um, my thoughts on this here in a couple seconds. So we got so much to talk about. First of all, um, for those of you who are big on going to live sporting events, um, also concerts and other different events as well, don't lose your seat, folks. Because Spotlight Sports Network has now officially partnered with SeatGeek. So when you end up going online, finding your seat, finding your favorite shows, your favorite um, concerts, sporting events, following your teams and all the rest of them, don't lose your seat because SeatGeek has a promo code for you to save $20 off of your first purchase. And that is Spotlight Sports Network. That is the promo code. So use that, get $20 off of your first purchase of your ticket, and don't lose your seat today with SeatGeek. So um, let me start off with this, because first and foremost, we have a right to really be concerned about how certain things are running, right? We have it. I mean, we're obviously concerned with how the way that things have really managed with our nation's administration. I'm not going to get deep into politics, but I know come November, because it is midterm elections, we have a right to really pose our thoughts about what we think of the direction that the country's going through, right? We all do. That's why everybody keeps saying, your vote obviously matters. But we know that the real matters at hand are the ones that are executing the tasks. That's what we pay attention to. And we have a right to be concerned about what our well-being is. We all do. I've said this several times when it came to, when you go to the doctors, when you go to medical staffs, Here's what I've always said to people. I've said this to my family, that when they go and they do their normal checkups, you obviously want to make sure that every part of your vitals in your body and all the rest of what your intakes, what your nutrition's, all the rest of everything that makes your body a well-oiled machine works. And doctors evaluate that. Do doctors have all the solutions, have all the answers? to most of your problems, majority of the time they don't because they're doing everything as far as evaluating, giving you exactly what exactly is it that's happening with your body and your normal be. Because if there's something that does catch up, only you, yourself, knows how your body reacts, knows how your body functions. So only you can make that decision they're just going to give you exactly all the evaluations and all the rest of the things that you need to know to making sure your body and everything that functions works 110%. And if it doesn't, other recommendations that they would give to you. Right? They're not the, they're not the answers. They're not like one of these. They're, they're not one of those prescribed pills that automatically just everything just goes away. That's why side effects are always there, because they're not going to work for everybody. Everybody's belts, everybody's body functions, everything is all different. It, like, it's all differentiated from each other. That's what makes us so unique as human beings. And I've said this about the medical field. I'm not a smart you know, doctor or a medical person or any of that. But when I end up thinking about if my body's not running or functioning right, something is off. And I want to get evaluated, and I want to get a a, a sense to making sure I'm okay. I'm not suffering through something severe. So um, what led me to this topic is because, first of all, we all watch the Thursday night football game between the Bengals and Dolphins. And obviously the Dolphins are under attack with their own selves. And it's horrible just kind of looking at the way that things have really been running with this organization in the last few years. And they, we have a right to be skeptical and to be cynical about this organization. We really do. I understand that they got tired of losing every single time because you were in an era where you had 20 years of the Patriots dynasty and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I get that. And now you have the bills with Josh Allen. Who's just that strong. Who's just that good. And people can't seem to figure out an answer against him. I understand, and I get the frustration. But if you're going to do something, do something right. Because not only are you just messing around with the organization, but you're messing around with people's lives within the organization. Which that now comes to this point, is Tua should have never played on that Thursday game. After watching him wobble against Buffalo, I don't care if you're seeing stars, if you're wobbling and you know something is wrong. Take take the week off. And this is what's great about the organization I'm a part of because when something is wrong, get yourself evaluated. Get yourself right first. Because that's the most important. When you go into an organization that cares so heavily about all their employees, everybody that that works that makes this well ran oil machine function properly that's where you've got to really evaluate yourself and to me i think the dolphins were absolutely in the wrong the dolphins themselves they completely flunked this and just hearing it earlier from reports that the um the unaffiliated doctor who's not a part of the NFL not even a part of you know uh, all the rest of the medical staffs that all the organizations do have So an uh, uh, unaffiliated doctor was just recently fired after he made several mistakes during the entire evaluation process. And so, and to me, I'm like, good, there's no room for mistakes. When you're in the medical field, you cannot afford to make a mistake because these are people's lives that you mess with, you know, and a lot of people don't quite understand the heightened severity that it is behind it. It's nerve-wracking. I've talked to many people that are in the medical field, and they've told me a lot of their stories. They told me a lot about what they, they evaluate on, what they ended up performing through certain different procedures. And it's very nerve-wracking. It takes a lot out of it to be in the medical staffing field. It really does. Most people don't understand that. But At the same time, only you know how your body functions. For Tua, I get it. He wants to prove the critics wrong because he's been criticized from his size to his throwing arm, to his decision-making, and how this offense flows. And listen, the only person that I'm not holding accountable is Mike McDaniel. I'm not holding him accountable. I think Mike McDaniel really truthfully cares about his players. And he was just in the middle of the crossfire. Because what is he supposed to do? He's a head coach of this team. First of all, you got to look at the concerns that's happening within the front offices. That's the first thing I would do. But he was caught in the crossfires of they want them to start Tua. They want them to make sure that he's up on the field. He's clearly cleared. Let's get him up out there. And Mike McDaniel knows that this was not the best decision. So this week, this next week, You've got Teddy Bridgewater that'll be ready to go. And honestly, I would rather have Teddy Bridgewater out on that field. I would not be I would not be setting up a risk for Tua to getting himself hurt knowing that is a potential life-threatening injury. It's not fun, guys. When you bang your head on a piece of turf, that is the most painful thing. You start seeing stars up in your eyes, your nerves, all the rest of the functions that at least allow you to have some type of feel some type of like you know you, you know comprehensive and understanding of certain things when those nerves get damaged it's terrible that's why it was so scary seeing him when he ended up coming up and his fingers were like this because you know that that hits a nerve they then act like stones it's not fun guys Which is why that I'm like, I understand with where the Dolphins are coming from, from their own prides and from where they're trying to be a better organization. But safety matters. This is why that we've pushed for heavy amounts of safety protocols in the NFL. Because CTE is not fun. I've watched the documentary. I've watched everything of it. And it's scary. And people started to realize that. That's why the safety protocols have heightened for so far because it's not about being offensive-centric. You want to make sure that these guys are protected, they're safe, and they're able to play longer spans in the NFL. That's what they've pushed towards. But to me, I'm happy of the fact that the decision came to that they fired the unaffiliated doctor because, honestly, I mean, think of the Chargers situation. Because when the fact that Tyrod Taylor was dealing with rib issues, they then had the one doctor that went and performed the procedure and then ended up puncturing a lung. Now he's getting sued for at least $5 million because of the puncture. Right? And Justin Herbert's got hurt ribs, who's still there. That same doctor gives you a lot of just anxiety because of the fact of could he possibly do this same thing and ruin Justin Herbert? This is why you got to have the right people and staff. Because if you don't, this becomes critical. And this becomes a story now that, from what I'm being told, because most of the story is continuously revolving, but Tua is now coming in for an interview. The NFL Investigations is now trying to really pinpoint this because here's the thing. This is a bad look for the Dolphins. You already got Steven Ross, who's on suspension for a year. Okay, because of the tanking situation with Brian Flores, they've already lost draft picks. And now this. This is not a good look for Miami. And I feel for Mike McDaniel. I feel for Tua. I feel for a lot of these guys. I mean, first of all, we haven't seen Tyreek Hill chirp this much since he left Kansas City. So I think most of that is just a lot of his personalities. But besides all that, like this is not a good look. This is not something that you would ever want anybody to look at your organization and feel skeptical and cynical of. But at this point, because of the way things have moved forward and how things were proceeded, everyone has a right to feel the way they feel. And that's that's that. But I, I do truly think that the Dolphins could honestly do better and hopefully Tua will be fine he will be he'll be 110% healthy soon but this is not some type of this this is not like you cannot be playing with fire with this this is somebody's life and you need to do it right you need to express that to the entirety of the public that this here was an absolute risk and it was a mistake And there's obviously has to be a public apology for it because it was on live television. Okay. Just to see that injury. You really think anybody would ever wish those kinds of injuries on anybody? Absolutely not. So that's why I'm like, the dolphins have to clean this up. They have to clean it up because this is not a good look for them. All right. Um, You know, a lot of people have been, they've been voicing out their opinions about one thing and um looking into one organization because the San Francisco 49ers right now there's a lot of heat but if i had to look at this roster from top to bottom with the 49ers this is a win now type of roster everybody knows this they've got a lot of great players on offense they've got great players on defense and Jimmy G is now back as their quarterback after Trey Lance now is shut down with an ankle injury for the entirety of the year. All right. And a lot of people, because of the way that the 49ers really had played their offense, I mean, good God against um, Denver. First of all, you're asking Jimmy Garoppolo to really just set the tone for the 49ers, knowing you're facing against a really tough D- Denver defense, who well, they've upgraded a bunch, right? Randy Gregory, DJ Jones. They still have Patrick Sertan and they have uh, Bradley Chubb, who's 110% healthy. You're asking him to basically, you know, finish the job against a very tough defense. That is tough to do. And he hadn't even taken any pregame, like any practice snaps since they've named Trey Lance as their starting quarterback. He had not taken any snaps. He had not ended up learning more of the playbook and not and lots of this other stuff. It's like they've already moved off from him. And this is what's the, tough, the toughest curve for the 49ers, which is why they didn't even want to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo up into the first place. And we've said it over and over again. It is very hard and very difficult to move off of a player who – Listen, take injuries and all the rest of this stuff aside. But when you have somebody who completes higher than 66% of his throws, right? And 4,000 passing yards, and he's smart, he distributes the football anywhere. In fact, the 49ers at one point were inquiring about drafting Mac Jones because in Kyle Shanahan's system, you got to have a quarterback that's willing to make the throws, distribute the football to every single one of your offensive components, and you have an offensive line that is willing to protect you to make those throws. And you've got every single component. If you do that and you're a distributor of the football and you're giving it to every single one of your components, the 49ers win a lot of their games that way. Now the hardest part is, is that you have Jimmy Garoppolo who outside of him, Kyle Shanahan doesn't even have a great record. But with Jimmy G, they're a winning team. I know it's it's tough to really kind of evaluate that because we're all like, can Kyle Shanahan get past that hump? Could he possibly change up where he's not over-reliant on Jimmy Garoppolo? And could he change up the look of this 49ers offense? I believe that he can, and it does take time for that. But I know where a lot of people's skepticism is coming from. So, and, and, and for the record, because San Francisco, they were already planning to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo and everybody's like concerned about is Jimmy G all in or not? Well, yeah, I mean, it does sting and it does hurt because of the fact of one, you traded up picks to go and get a, New quarterback who's the future of this franchise. They get that. They understand where their places are in it. But then, by the fact that you needed to start him quick and you needed to make sure that he develops well, and you need to make sure that he is absolutely the future because the last thing you want is Trey Lance to go out there and he fails and he's got everything in front of him offensive line, offensive weapons, a great, um, a great defense, and a really good head coach, and he fails. That's the last thing that you would ever want for Trey Lance to go through. But for Jimmy Garoppolo, he's used to everybody in this locker room because they've gotten to an NFC title twice, and they've been to a Super Bowl. And Jimmy Garoppolo knows what it takes to be a competitor and to be a winner. Trey Lance, he's raw talent and has not quite shaped to it yet. But if you had to ask me, could they be a better team with Jimmy Garoppolo? I'd say yes, because of the fact of one, you're used to this roster. You're used to everybody that's around you. You know how this playbook works. Now, part of it is it does sting because of the fact of they wanted to move off of him. Very, very like just like that. They wanted to move off of him so quick, but it's not that easy. Move off of a quarterback who's gotten you to two NFC titles, gotten you to a Super Bowl, and has made you a winning team all throughout those years. I don't care exactly what all the processes are, but that's the dilemma that the 49ers knew that they were getting themselves into the second they traded up those picks to get Trey Lance. Now you got to make it work. So, but if I had to look at it right now, Trey Lance is sidelined, and now we have to wait for another year. Hopefully, he works a lot on his craft, uh, you know, before that year starts up. And by this point, everybody better be on the same page. Everybody better know exactly what their execution, what, like what their executional plays are. And they got to be able to be willing to go over the top, especially when you've got an NFC that right now it's running through Philadelphia. They've got a really good offense, they got a really good defense. And they're shaping themselves up to be a better team in the NFC. Like the NFC is weak. So you don't want to, you don't want to screw that up. So, but I do think that they are a much better team with Jimmy Garoppolo today. Uh, All right. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. And, you know, watching bits and pieces of college football, um, because everybody in Oklahoma, for whatever reason, they're heckling so much about Lincoln Riley. Thinking they're better off without him. But I'm going to voice out about this. That this is the worst thing that Oklahoma now is going through. And it's not going to look great for them. Especially knowing that they're wanting to move out of the Big 12 to go to the SEC. This is not going to be a good look for them. And I'm going to explain why that that is. All coming up next. Plus, I'll be talking a lot about, you know, I, I looked at the Jaguars in the past three weeks, and we're in week four right now, and they're starting to surprise me here. So I think that there's something special that's happening here in Jacksonville, and I'll explain why. And at the bottom half of the hour, as you know, Jake's NFL prime predictions week four. Last week, we went nine and seven. I do believe that we'll be better this week. We're starting to heat things up. I'll have every single one of my picks here coming up later on the show. All righty, folks. Well, if you haven't done so already right now, because fabulous deals are going on right this moment. And not only that, not only just from our merchandises, we do have our merchandises out now at SpotlightSportsGear.com. But the Spotlight Sports Network has officially partnered with Fanatics. There's thousands of different apparels and different accessories to repping for your favorite sports team from all sports, from all sports, baseball, hockey, basketball, football, and so much more. Now we've got wrestling and golf involved. How cool is that? Rep for your favorite teams today and don't miss out. Because Spotlight Sports Network, when you end up getting the purchasing, use the promo code Spotlight Sports Network, 65% off all site wide, and an additional percentage off of your first purchases when you use the promo code. And that's fanatics.com. Don't delay, get yourselves geared up for the entirety of the season because it's a long season ahead, and we got postseason baseball coming up around the corner, too. Get yourselves geared up at fanatics.com. Bitch i my a fuck, bitch I'm a sure, don't get no fuck, I don't get no fuck. What's in my cup, what's in, the- in my cup? Pull ball, up that punch, pull up that punch. Bitch I'm a ballin' like Kobe. Don't yeah. keep it movin cause you do not know me. Yeah. Bitch i my a ball, fuck, ballin' like Kobe. Don't keep it movin cause you do not know me. I'm a book, I ain't talking, Milwaukee. Tell my dogs sick of me, I ain't do no barking. Catch me some greens, you know I'm a spark. Mama got ass, sold to the archers. Put up look at the spot, hop out and don't park it. They know say, I always keep one in the cartridge. But show your purpose, so we go toxic. Came from the swamp to visit the tropics. Check out the scenery. Tell them over to the backwoods, right by the lake. Alright, folks. If you haven't done so already, don't miss out. Among your favorite sporting events, live concerts, live events, and so much more. Don't lose your seat. Go to SeatGeek.com. Promo code Snake or uh, promo code Spotlight Sports Network for 20%, $20 off of your first purchases of your tickets today. That's SeatGeek.com, promo code Spotlight Sports Network. uh What a fun weekend it was for college football. And, you know, I was up on the um, I was up and on the morning show on Friday and we talked so much about, you know, possible upsets galore right now in college football. But we know exactly where a bunch of different programs, where they stand at. And um, and it's incredible. And the only program I was watching a little bit of uh, Michigan and Iowa. And I knew for a fact that was going to be a tough game to really play against because Iowa, they're big on their defenses. And Michigan, for as good as Jim Harbaugh, has made the program. the Like, they're... <coughs> excuse me. They're tough on a lot of their areas. But this was going to be one of those tougher matchups. And then, next week, they got Indiana. So both those programs Iowa and Indiana they are very much hardened type of programs they do focus up a lot upon their defenses and there were some spurts that Iowa showed up on against Michigan that kind of took them a little bit off guard but in the end Michigan they bailed themselves out they win their game against the against the Hawkeyes and now they got Indiana next week but one program that people have been continuously Just heckling at this is two straight weeks now, but if you had to ask me right now with where I stand on this program, Oklahoma is just not the same. They're not the same program ever since Lincoln Riley left the program and went to USC. It's been completely different and people have heckled it several times. They're like, oh, we don't need him. You know, and oh, the pretty boy will go out to Southern California and all this and that. And I'm like, okay, you're missing out on a lot of your big-time play schemes. You're also missing out on somebody who also, because they had their defensive coordinator at one point. Now he's up at USC. So he picked all the right people. And Oklahoma got absolutely boat raced by Kansas State and this week they get annihilated by TCU 55 to 24 this is just a bad look and you're willing to move this program to the SEC you couldn't beat Kansas State you couldn't even beat TCU which by the way they are very productive programs they really are Kansas State have had their pro- has had their moments against a bunch of different tough teams and they know exactly how to play their game. And right now, Kansas state, because they're ranked 25, they're going to be moving up, uh, up in the ranks after they just beat Texas tech. And right now you're just looking at a lot of these. And I, I was actually kind of surprised. I was surprised Oklahoma state even bailed themselves out against Baylor because I thought Baylor as a tough Texas school They've been really good on their offenses, and they've been really good on their secondaries. They've been building up a lot of these really good kids out that program, and they were going to come out swinging. But Oklahoma State, they bailed themselves out, and they win. I thought it was going to be a terrific game. And Mississippi State ends up upsetting Texas A&M. So there were several upsets galore that were happening all around. Wake Forest do survive and win their game against Florida State. And then as far as all the rest of them, Oregon ends up beating Stanford, USC destroys Arizona State, and now you look at um, Minnesota, actually, that was a great game. I thought that was a fantastic game between Purdue and Minnesota, and Purdue walked away with a win. And so Minnesota, they're going to take a hit. (laughs) Kentucky's going to take a hit after losing to Ole Miss. And then it's going to be a much heavier hit on Oklahoma after losing to TCU. And to me, Oklahoma just is not the same program. So go ahead, fanboys. Make your heckle. Make all the rest of this, you know, comments and such saying you don't need Lincoln Riley because I know for a fact you're full of it. Because Lincoln Riley is the only reason. This offense was a top 10 program. You know, they were a top 10 program in offense. They were like, they were starting to get themselves better up on defense, but we knew defense was always been the hardest part of their program, but offense and play schematics and so much more. Lincoln Riley is just a magician for it. (laughs) And you're going to miss that. Oklahoma is not going to be the same program. Like Texas is, here's the one thing. Texas is lucky. Because they've got themselves a product in Arch Manning when he's prepared and when he's ready to take the reins. Because you've got Ewers right now as their quarterback. He's hurt, but they that's what they've got for so far. But when Arch Manning's ready to hit the, the scene, Texas is going to be a completely different football program. And they're lucky enough that they have something they can look forward to in the SEC. Because I said it. I thought this was a ridiculous move for both programs, you're going to feel it from Oklahoma. There's going to be an awful lot of growing pains with them. And then, you've got Texas, who they're lucky that they're even going to be able to just, at the very least, be in a better position, and at the very least, compete against a tough conference like the SEC. I don't think that they'll be able to do it. I don't think that even after, you know, all this stuff, it's just ridiculous. And that's why I'm like, be careful what you say about certain things. Because in the end, Lincoln Riley helped you to be a top 10 program with the offense. Been to several college football uh, playoffs over the span of the years he's been there. And now he's going to change that, and he's going to make USC a much tougher Uh, program than it was years ago when we had Pete Carroll. So enjoyed it while you la while it lasted. But I think Oklahoma is just overrated, overrated program. Can't seem to figure out really what to do with their offenses. And in two weeks, you got upset by Kansas State and by TCU. Absolutely embarrassing of the program. And I don't think that they're going to look great. They're not going to look good, especially when you're moving into an SEC with Alabama, Georgia, um, Florida, who's basically up and on the rises themselves too. But there are several teams in that SEC they are not going to end up being competed with. They're just going to be a complete punching bag for every single team that goes against them. And I think it's just not going to look pretty. All right, well, we got the hot press coming up. Here we go. All right, so we have several stories that have came out. Um, first of all, we'll pull up all the stories here, right up in front. So, so far, one of the craziest things, and I want to get into this. So, um, so huh, something happened here, here at the Indonesian. Um, soccer match that there was a complete stampede that left 125 people dead. And 125 fans, they have been killed at a soccer match in Indonesia after police fired tear gas, causing chaotic scenes where fans were trampled upon and suffocated, making it one of the deadliest sports events in history. The death toll was previously uh, confirmed to 174 but local authorities reduced the number, saying some victims were counted twice. So this is this is a big deal, and the president of FIFA called the death tolls at the stadium a dark day for all involved in football and a tragedy beyond comprehension. And this is Joko uh, Wadudu. and this is nuts. I've never seen this happen before, like ever. And this is kind of the hardest time with Indonesia. And we've got the World Cup coming up around the corner in Qatar. So you got to think about this. This is this is crazy. And FIFA's got no control over domestic games and it is advised against the use of tear gas at a soccer stadium. So this is a mess. This is one that I'm sure that the country of Indonesia is going to need to fix up. But it's been scary. I looked at this and I'm like, this was the first thing that caught up on my mind. And I just started to see it. And I'm like, wow. This is absolutely crazy. Absolutely nuts. All right. So um, we talked about the Miami Dolphins here earlier. So Tua Tagovailoa is expected to be interviewed as part of the NFL and the NFLPA's investigation into the quarterback's quick return from injury, sources say. So, um... So the League and the Players Association indicated Saturday that their review is ongoing while adding they agree that modifications to the concussion protocol are needed to enhance player safety. And a league official told uh, Adam Schefter that the investigation is expected to last another week or two and the results will be announced almost immediately after. So... He'll be returning to the Dolphins facility up on Monday, and then that's when it will continue to go through concussion protocol after the the tragic head injury on Thursday night with the loss against the Cincinnati Bengals. So, yeah, I I I would love to dig into this type of investigation because first of all, that unaffiliated doctor has been officially fired from his position. And this, this is not something you tamper with. Again, this is playing around with fire. If you're not 110%, well, take the week off. Don't risk yourself. I know for football players, like, it's... Sometimes it, it, it really is prideful for some because they want to prove to themselves they are better than what people heckle and they start to expect from them. Like, they are. And so to me... It's um, <laughs> it's it, like it's it really is crazy, but I do think it'll be interesting seeing how this investigation really does play out. And I hope the absolute best for Tua that he comes back one hundred and ten percent healthy. So hopefully everything rides well, but this is not a good scene for the Miami Dolphins. They've got to clean this up because, again, you've got the owner who's suspended for a year. You've got this investigation that's going on. You've got also too the lawsuits with uh, Brian Flores as far as the tanking situation goes, and you lost draft picks. How much more of the damage are you going to possibly do with this Dol- with this Dolphins organization and tampering of the fact that they try to bring on Tom Brady as an owner owner and then bring in Sean Payton? It's just this is just an absolute mess all the way around. Um, and finally, uh, to wrap things up. So uh, LA Angels of Anaheim's um, star pitcher, uh, Shohei Otani, has agreed to a $30 million deal with the LA Angels of Anaheim for the 23 season, avoiding arbitration. So uh, this is a huge recording amount, $30 million a year, and only just for that one year. Um, and again, I, I love Shohei Otani. And I really do love the the potential that he has in this, with his with his style of play, and of course, his with his superstar potential. He's an MVP, and even though this year's MVP it should go to Aaron Judge. Don't be ridiculous and just throw off the whole entire like historic run. First of all, Aaron Judge is already at the triple crown level. You have to be more than deserving of it. I know Shohei Otani can hit and he can pitch but let's not like teeter-totter around this whole thing there's no need to and Shohei Ohtani in this organization I tell you one thing right now he's better than what this organization really is promising especially to with Mike Trout because both of them you got MVPs and the, the Seattle Mariners literally just broke their 21 year curse of not being in the po- in the postseason so they're in and the Angels are just it's, it's a bad vibe. To me personally, I wouldn't have taken that arbitration. I would have tested free agency. But if they wanted to go on another go around, I mean, that's that's completely, you know, the player's decision. But I think to me personally, I wouldn't have. All right. Well, there is your hot press. All right. Uh, real quick that I do want to end up talking about before we end up going into. Um, our prime predictions for week four, but watching the Jacksonville Jaguars in these last three weeks, good God, they look great. People didn't think that the Jaguars were going to really turn their organization around this heavy and this fast. Um, so it's kind of crazy, but Doug Peterson, because a lot of people had a lot of skepticism about him. But Doug Peterson, first of all, took an NFC organization in the Philadelphia Eagles after he was a former quarterback. He was also a former coordinator who's been around Andy Reid, and he's been around a lot of great people. And he took a Philadelphia organization, turned themselves around, and won a Super Bowl in 2017, the first ever in their franchise. And one thing you can admit about Doug Peterson is he's a quarterback whisperer. This was a perfect match for Trevor Lawrence, and this is what he needed. That's why I said he's going to have a fantastic year too. Because first of all, you're coming off of a mess from Urban Meyer, and Shad Khan knows that this was a bad look for the Jaguars. And one of the things, and Jacksonville had never ever been taken seriously for years. All right, I've watched the Byron Leftwich years, I've watched the David Garrard years, and I've even watched at a time where they had a fantastic defense with an average quarterback in Blake Bortles, and they made it to the AFC Championship. But since then, it had not been the type of organization people just they just lay their eyes on. They they are they are they they praise a lot of this team, all the rest of it. They, did Football fans never really looked at Jacksonville this way. But now a lot of things because of the fact of now you have a former quarterback as your head coach who understands the playbook, who knows how to work this offense right. But here's the other thing. Um, I got to give credit to the defensive coordinator because this defensive front looks a lot better. They're getting to the quarterback. They're putting a lot of pressure on and they're playing a lot of really good situational football which is which is huge and this is why too and, and you got to look at their division first of all Matt Ryan looks really old on this Colts roster plus you also have the Houston Texans who are clearly in rebuild mode and all you have now is the Tennessee Titans that's all you got and so to me I think this could be the year that the Jaguars might take the south. Because this is such a lopsided division. It hasn't strengthened itself very quickly. Even though the Titans, they drafted Malik Willis, they have their future at quarterback who does have a bunch of upside. He's a big strong kid, very humble. Um he's also got a really good arm. I watched him several times in po- in uh the preseason. And regardless of what Ryan Tannehill really says, because knowing his job's on the line, but there is a future in store for the Titans. The Colts, however, they have not figured out their quarterback issue and they had Carson Wentz as their quarterback, 27 touchdowns, seven picks, and he had at least a decent quarterback rating and he was completing so much of his throws. So, Regardless of what you think, yes, he is reckless. Yes, he can at sometimes make mistake throws. But if you're getting somebody who is at the very least distributing the football to every single one of his components, what are you like? What is the deal? And that's what the Colts are going through. And I love their offensive line. I absolutely love their offensive line. And I've loved what their defense has looked like. Now, you got Gus Bradley as their defensive coordinator, and they've got a bunch of different pieces there in defense. But some of this stuff, it's not going to end up lasting long for Indianapolis, and they really have to—they really have to be better at it. And again, I love Chris Ballard, and I. It, there's some things that I could deal with with Jim Ursay, but this organization really needs to be better because the last thing you want is this organization to fail. Like, I love everything that they've done from the drafts to where they are in free agency. So the Colts right now are kind of in this little bubble that they can't seem to really navigate themselves out of. And then there's Houston. Houston's clearly rebuilding. You got Lovey Smith as their head coach. Davis Mills, he's got some good positive upsides. Like he really does. And there's a part of this team that there's no quid in them. They fight hard the, unlike the, like kind of like how the 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 Lions were last year where the Lions were the most interesting bad team in the NFL. They stayed in games. And then you had Houston, who had David Culley as their head coach, won the locker room. They trusted him more. And they were fighting majority of their games. They were not throwing in the towel. They were completely making other teams uncomfortable in some areas. Even though some of them, they may have been close, but then lost the reins on it but they still were kind of fighting their ways and their chances to possibly winning the game or make a statement that we're get we are getting better despite all of what has happened in this organization. So, but as far as I look at Jacksonville right now, because you have a really good running back tandem and Travis, Etienne and James Robinson. um, If Christian Kirk is overpaid or whatnot, you, you have a talented wide receiver. And you do got a really good wide receiver group and and an offensive line that's really giving Trevor Lawrence a chance to really throw the football. That's why out of all these quarterbacks that came out of this draft, because we'll see Zach Wilson this week, and we'll see exactly how he pans out and how he plays. But Trevor Lawrence, I know, would have a better year, too. Um. Justin Fields, I'm very concerned of because, first of all, I'm laying the pass down because, number one, Chicago has just been a terrible organization from the start. They can't get, like, they cannot move themselves past the 1950s television that they've been stuck in for years. They love their defense. They love outplaying a lot of, you know, a lot of defensive plays, but that will not be the answers to all of your problems. You still got to give Justin Fields some help. Right now, like it's funny, Allen Robinson is not working well with, um, with you know with with the Rams, he's been kind of dried. And right now, you've got Kenny Galladay who could possibly be up on the market. Give Justin Fields some help, whatever it takes. You've got to give him some offensive help, because at the very least, I want to see Justin Fields succeed. And it's hard because you're in an organization where you have the McCaskies, you've got all this mess revolved around him and Justin Fields is trying to inherit this mess and he clearly can't it's tough and i get it that's why i'm like i'm not hard on him i think he'll he'll very much be a better quarterback but that's about it and then you've got Mac Jones Mac Jones is hurt he's dealing with an absolute mess in New England because you've got Matt Patricia as an offensive coordinator and what is you know Bill Belichick really going to truthfully do So there's a lot you could speculate, but if I had to think of really good year twos, I really do think Trevor Lawrence is right in the hot seat for it. You know, he's getting fired up and I think this is the best looking Jags team that you can see in the last few years. And that's what they've been needing. Could you have imagined if the Jaguars had Trevor Lawrence at the time when they were at the AFC championship, that would have been an interesting offense. And I think the coaching, because yeah, Doug Marone is what he is. And Urban Meyer was a complete mess. But Doug Peterson is giving you something to look forward to. And that's my thing. Because I've watched him several times in Philadelphia. I've watched how he managed this Eagles organization. That's why I can't brush off uh, Doug Peterson that easily. But that's why I think the Jaguars, they might take this division. It'd be tough. But, they'll take, but I think they might be able to be in the running of taking the South this year. And I think they might actually be the one playoff team nobody even expected. So there's a lot of positives that's happening all around in Jacksonville. So I'm pretty excited about it. All right. Um, so as every week, as we usually do, and I do appreciate everybody who has come on here this morning um, watching the show showing your guys the support, and so much more. I appreciate every single one of you guys. If you can like, share, follow, and subscribe to all of the social medias as well, we're live on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Those are all the medias to keep you up to date on future and past shows and, of course, all the updates that we have here around the show. So as I normally always do, um, every week I have my prime predictions. Last week we went 9-7. and So we're starting to brew up. We're starting to heat up right now. So week four is upon us. We already know that we had the early game, but of course I've got my earliest uh, prediction for that. So with that being said, let's go ahead and let's start us off with Jake's prime predictions. It's time to turn it up. It's Jake's Prime Predictions. Vikings at Snakes. All right, I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings here in this one. Minus two and a half. Um, I know it's been kind of late here in this one because it's an early morning game in London. Well, of course, as we usually do love, we do love the London games. We do love soccer as well. But um, but I think the Vikings will be fine here. Their health statuses have been really, really good. And of course, too, the offense looks a lot different. It looks a lot better. Kevin O'Connell has really been changing up a lot of this offense that the Vikings have been needing. Now, Kirk Cousins, despite him being 2-10 and 10 in prime Time games, this Vikings offense with all the components there, you know really works out well. And New Orleans, they were without Jameis Winston. Andy Dalton is there with a bit quarterback right now. So this kind of takes a hit up on the Saints. But I'm going with the Vikings here. 27-23 was my final score. Minus two and a half. I am definitely taking the points. Seahawks at Lions. I'm going to take the Detroit Lions here at home. Minus six. I know they got injuries on the wide receiver core between DJ Chark and, of course, Amonra St. Brown. And they also are losing um, DeAndre Swift in their offense. But they do have Jamal Williams. They do have several op- uh, options in their offense. And I do think, too, that um, they will utilize a lot of TJ Hawkinson. But I think most of this is going to be their defense. And Jared Goff, again, you don't want to mistake yourself, but he is a much better quarterback at home. So I trust that Jared Goff is going to really reshape this organization and this team at home. Despite the injuries. Now Seattle. Seattle's had the, had troubles themselves. They're a rebuilding organization. They could not even hold themselves. To a certain score. Even though that they are so heavy up on defense. It just doesn't really look well. With the Seahawks. I'm going to take Detroit. I did have an extra point. But I'm going to make it a point lower. Because of the fact of the injuries. 27-20. Lions win at home. Jared Goff shines against the Seahawks Jaguars at Eagles I'm going to take the Eagles here at home minus six and a half this Eagles team is just phenomenal they are the only undefeated team right now in the league and I think they're going to continuously go undefeated now Doug Peterson is returning back to Philadelphia with this Jaguars team with Trevor Lawrence Jacksonville first of all they've been looking really really good on their offense and plus two their defensive front But I think because of how Philadelphia is set, they are set the same similar way. Offense with Jalen Hurts right now. A.J. Brown is clearly clicking with this offense. And Devontae Smith has been heads up with a bunch of different situational plays. I like with what Philadelphia is doing. And plus, defensively, they may make some mistakes here and there. But this defense looks really, 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 really good. Uh, I do love what I'm seeing out of Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean and plus Kaiser White and the secondary for this Philadelphia Eagles team. This could be too much for Trevor Lawrence to have to navigate through. I'm going to take the Eagles here, taking the points at six and a half, 28-21. Eagles win at home. Bears at Giants. I'm going to take the Chicago Bears at plus three right now because here's the thing. This defense for Chicago, you cannot go wrong. First of all, Roquan Smith, this is why he's such an importance to this defense. Now, you do have Robert Quinn, but at some point, Chicago's going to need to pivot to offense here. But in this case, because of the fact that you're facing the Giants, who they're 2-1 right now, the Giants have been kind of teeter-tottering around with their offense. They lost to, to Dallas in their division game, but I don't think this offense is truthfully all that with the Giants there's still a lot of things that they have to change up. Daniel Jones does kind of look a little more of a different quarterback under Brian Dable, and I think he does fix a little bit more of this offense, but the defense for the Bears is going to be coming out swinging. I do like the Bears in this situation with three points. I'm going to trust their defense is going to try to get things done and put a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones. 24-21 on the road. Bears take it against the Giants. Jets at Steelers. I'm going to take what's crazy about this is I'm going to take the New York Jets at plus three and a half. First of all, we know what Mitch Trubisky is, and there are a lot of limitations. And I think at some point, possibly in week five, you have got to start Kenny Pickett because right now Mitch Trubisky is limiting a lot of his throws and he's not throwing anything past the 20-yard mark, which is which is crazy because this Pittsburgh's offense is built to do that. George Pickens, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Pat fryermuth all these guys, and Najee Harris, when you're not throwing 20 plus yards downfield, and plus two, the Jets are getting Zach Wilson back. He's officially healthy. I think this offense, don't, don't mistake yourself. This Jets offense, Garrett Wilson ended up going off, Um, Brees Hall, I do think, is the real deal. This Jets team looks really interesting. Now, the hardest part for Pittsburgh is you're without TJ Watt, so there's not going to be a whole lot of pressures. So that means Zach Wilson does have a chance here. So I'm going to take the Jets to win it with three and a half, and we'll go with a 24-20 upset alert against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jets win 24-20 on the road. Titans at Colts. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans at plus three because, first of all, Matt Ryan is clearly showing his age. And this is kind of an embarrassing look for the Colts as well because this offense just has not been able to distribute the football to a lot of their components. We know that they still have Jonathan Taylor running the football, but this has just been terrible on the receiving core end. And by the way, say what you want to about Tennessee. But even if, you know, you've got a banged-up Derrick Henry – who's obviously still giving the rushes that they want. I mean, offensively, they're doing all that they possibly can, and Robert Woods looked real good. Traylon Burks is slowly trying to itch his way to get up there. It's not going to be an easy fill-in for him. But the Titans' offense do play a lot of really good situational football, which I think part of that is a lot of Mike Bravel And Brabel knows how to stay himself in games, especially... I think of this as like boxing matches because you may take some hits but you're not completely out you're not completely out of the matchup so i'm going to take the titans here covering the three points i like it 23 20 titans do beat the colts chargers at texans i'm going to take the la chargers here on the road at minus five justin herbert is healthy and the worst part that i think the chargers are dealing with is Joey bosa is now out eight to ten weeks after having a lower body injury as well that kind of happened more to his feet this is hard for the Chargers because of the fact that they're coming off of an embarrassing loss against the Jacksonville Jaguars where they've lost Sean Slater for the year lots and lots of pieces are hurt. Keenan Allen is still hurt he could return in week five but this Chargers team they've just been an injury plague this is the same similar thing that the Baltimore Ravens had to go through. But I do like their potentials because of the fact of your are in a rebuilding offense and defense of the Houston Texans. So maybe they'll get a pass. But remember, the last few times that these teams met up, Houston's been knocking on the Chargers' door. This is one that the Chargers cannot afford to lose this type of game. So I think the Chargers will be back at it, get themselves to a better record than where they are right now. And they're going to win this game 27, 20 minus five. I'll take the points here and the chargers commanders at at Cowboys. I'm going to take the Washington commanders. It's funny to think that people believe that Carson Wentz is just really, really bad. I don't know what tape you're seeing, but first of all, as a quarterback who has seven touchdowns and three picks, Yes, first of all, it was a slow offense against Philadelphia. But what do you expect? Philadelphia was going to be coming out swinging anyway. And the defense was just going to be too good for the Washington offense. But against Dallas, who Dallas is just so questionable, I think the commanders, their defense, they are going to be playing a little better. And they're going to try to cover up the points. Because right now, yeah, Cooper Rush... first of all I'd be shocked if Cooper Rush ends up winning this game but Dallas is going to figure out ways to bail themselves out of certain situations especially when you've got Washington where they've got some real good components I don't think Washington is going to be taken that easily I do think that they're going to be coming out swinging Carson Wentz is going to rebound himself after a bad game against Philadelphia which he didn't even throw a pick isn't that crazy he didn't throw a pick. Even though that they lost the game, no picks have been thrown. So that tells me that Ron Rivera has been working a lot with what his strengths are, what his tendencies do. So I think Carson Wentz rebounds and Washington wins 27-24. I'll take the plus three. Bills and Ravens. This is my game of the week right here. The Buffalo Bills against the Baltimore Ravens. Both dynamic quarterbacks. Now, even though that Josh Allen and the Bills lost to Miami last week, um, I do see Buffalo rebounding. But what's going to be interesting is, is I do think this is going to be one of those shootout games because clearly Lamar Jackson can throw and he looks great. And he's distributing the football to a lot of his personnel. Now, the Ravens didn't even look like a terrible team at all. Lamar Jackson looks great. He's putting up MVP numbers and this offense itself. Now, the tough part is the defense, I think, is gonna be a lot for Baltimore to handle. Now, Baltimore's defense, they might have some concerns. It'll be hard to contain somebody like Josh Allen, but I'm gonna take the Bills here to win this game, 28-24. I do think this is gonna be one of those shootout games with both Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. They're gonna be both putting up really, really good numbers. So I do expect a lot from this game, but I'm gonna take the Bills here. Browns at Falcons all right so since I like the Falcons several times when it comes to covering the points I'm not taking them this week because first of all they got a tough matchup against the Cleveland Browns well I'm going to take minus two here in this game like it I love it first of all nobody is talking about Cleveland's defense at all the Cleveland's defense without Deshaun Watson looks so good and they're putting up a lot of pressure on opposing offenses and Cleveland shows that they want to be the team that nobody wants to brush off and nobody wants to end up forgetting right off the bat. So I like what the Browns defense has done. Denzel Ward looks really good. Uh, Miles Garrett has looked really good. So majority of all their games, as I said it, it's going to be defensive because they're helping Jacoby Brissett out until Deshaun Watson does come back in week 12. But this looked really, really good, especially their big statement win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The defense was just so prepared against Pittsburgh. And we all know about the limitations with Mitch Trubisky anyway. So to me, I like it. I'm not going to go with Atlanta this week, but I do like what the Cleveland Browns are going to do here. Minus two, 27-21 against the Falcons on the road cardinals at panthers i'm gonna take the arizona cardinals to cover here two points like it i freaking love it because first of all everybody is talking so much about the arizona cardinals and about the mess right now with tyler murray first of all cliff kingsbury is up on on the hot ski because this team needs to be better and i know that they've been talking a lot about you know are, is he studying is he actually going by the script of the playbook but first of all Tyler Murray, we all know just the maturity level of what he has, but again, it's hard to basically say that he doesn't have the talent, he doesn't have the specialty, yes he does. When he runs the football, mind you, he has a winning record when he rushes for more than 20 yards. Yeah, he's got a better winning record when he's running the football, and he's distributing the football to every single one of his components. They need to get back to that. And especially as they got a break against the Arizona against the uh, the Carolina Panthers, which Baker Mayfield just does not look good. The offensive line look, looks pretty bad. They're reshaping, they're rebuilding. So Cardinals are getting a break this week. So I'm going to take them plus two and to win it in cover 23 21 on the road in Carolina. Broncos at Raiders. All right. As much as you know how. Skeptical, this Broncos offense really is. I'm still going to take them to win this game. Two and a half points of a cover. First of all, they've got the best defense right now in the league, top five best. And the offense right now, they've only had one red zone score through it, which is bad. So they've been, that's the fewest right now in the NFL, which is really, really bad. Nathaniel Hackett needs to trust. Russell Wilson in those points to distribute the football, start attacking in the red zone, and they need to change things up. Even though Denver's bailed themselves out in several different key situations, right now, like the Raiders are 0-3. Their offense does not seem to be clicking as well. Even though it's going to, at some point, start to kind of get this trend where they're going to be better. But as far as I know it, Denver's got the top defense right now, and they've been limiting a lot of their opponents right now to less amount of scores. That's why I'm like, I love what Denver's defense does. I can't take anything away from them, but offensively, they've got to do better. So I'm going to take the Broncos here to win 24-21, beating the Raiders in Las Vegas. Patriots and Packers. People think this is gonna be an upset alert. I don't believe it because first of all, you got Brian Hoyer as your quarterback as Mac Jones is clearly gonna be out for this game. I'm gonna take the Packers minus ten and a half. Look, I don't there's some points of Aaron Rodgers I can tolerate with. But what's interesting is is first of all, New England's offense looks like a complete mess. Jacoby Myers is clear that their better receiver out of all the rest of them. Devontae Parker, you could say, is slowly coming around. But without Mac Jones and this offensive line not really protecting him and not giving him enough time to throw is the reason why he's got this high ankle sprain. And I know defensively the Patriots are going to do all that they can, but this is not the same Patriots group that we're used to seeing. So I think Aaron Rodgers, he's getting several breaks all throughout the next coming week. So I think the Packers will be better. They're going to win this game uh, 33-17. I don't think it's going to be really close. I think right now New England's going to get embarrassed on the road in Green Bay. And this is going to, probably going to be the hardest pill that Bill Belichick has to swallow. So I'm going to take the Packers here minus half, 33-17 at home. Chiefs said Buccaneers. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs here on the road. Because right now, Tampa Bay, they are lingering right now at wide receivers. Because several several players are hurt, and they've got nobody to distribute the football to. And Tom Brady, I know sometimes when it comes to components, he'll do whatever it takes. But this is just not not really looking good as far as health-wise for the Buccaneers. Even though I do love their defense. Now the Chiefs, because Patrick Mahomes, he's been distributing the football to every one of his wide receivers. The only loss that they had there against the Colts was because it was a special teams mess up. That's all. The offense looks good. The defense could use some. They could use some improvement, but they've been playing a really good situational football. But I do think Kansas City, with a lingering offense like this against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kansas City is going to be fine. And I do think that it'll be one of those games. Patrick Mahomes is going to continuously reshape and develop this offense and probably look for different things in this game to help Kansas City win the game so I'm going to take them to win minus two 27 23 on a Sunday night on the road in Tampa Bay yes they are clear to play in Tampa Bay fight the um Hurricane and Hurricane Ian they're ready to play but I do think Kansas City will win this game on the road Rams at 49ers I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers here in this game for several reasons because number one the Rams they're clearly missing their offensive line they're not the same without Andrew Whitworth and San Francisco they do have Jimmy Garoppolo back last week was pretty shaky but I think they're going to end up rebounding themselves this is now time for him to get the practices get the reps and everything that he needs to to get this team back on track So I do think the 49ers, minus two and a half. I love the point spread here for this one. It's going to be one of those tough Monday night games, but I do like with where we're sitting at with it. Both of them have very good dynamic defenses, but the only problem is the Rams have never found the answers against Kyle Shanahan in the amount of times that they have faced off against each other. And Sean McVay knows that he'll get salty about it. So... I'm going to take the 49ers to win here at home 24-20 against the Rams. I don't think McVay is going to find an answer against Jimmy G now that he's back as quarterback and with Kyle Shanahan's play calling. So I, I think the 49ers, they're going to win this game comfortably up at home. Defense is going to show up. And this will be a much better looking 49ers team. Whew. All right. Well, all odds, of course, are provided by Superdraft Pro. And for those of you who do not know what Superdraft Pro is, it's more than just your regular sports book and um, sports fantasy app as well. Superdraft Pro has so much more in store for you to win, for you to strategically play as well when it comes to week to week, and gives you a better idea of. What to look out for in the new sports book that they have. And they've got prop bets as well for every specific player during the week. And so you don't want to end up missing out on that. That's superdraftpro.com. Download like a pro, sign up like a pro, play with your friends and families, and share it like a pro with Superdraft Pro. They're the proud sponsors of Caesars Entertainment. That is superdraftpro.com. And let them know. Jake the Snake sent you when you sign up as well. There's so many different games. That's why I like I like betting it on that app because at least it gives me an idea, all the point spreads, all of what to expect for week to week. And of course, too, like there's some things that it catches on to that I never even never even try to point out. But um, but I like it. And like I said, last week we're nine and seven. I am very confident about how this week is going to turn out. All right folks, that's going to do it for me here on the Snake Sports Talk Show on the Spotlight Sports Network. This is Jake the Snake signing off. Have a great rest of your weekend. Um boy, we got a busy one for next weekend for sure. But hoping all of you guys have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and we will see you on the next episode of the Snake Sports Talk Show. Take care you guys. Live from Las Vegas, the Snake Sports Talk Show with Jake Silva starts right now.